You're listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. I'm your host, Adam Rosen. I'm a fellowship-trained, board-certified orthopedic surgeon who specializes in knee replacement. Here I'll talk to you about common knee complaints and other orthopedic issues. We'll cover other important health-related topics, all of which are meant to helpfully answer some of your questions and help improve the quality of your life. Thanks for listening, and on with the next episode. Welcome back. You're listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. I'm Dr. Adam Rosen. Today, what I would like to do is talk to you about weight and the obesity epidemic that really is plaguing our entire world. I meet lots of people and lots of patients that have struggled with their weight over many number of years and have tried all sorts of options and attempts to get that weight down. Now, what's interesting is that a common question that I get asked about arthritis is whether or not people can reverse or slow down the effects of arthritis. And the reality is currently there isn't any scientific way or magic pill that will slow down or reverse the effects of arthritis. Uh, When someone figures that out, they're going to win the Nobel Peace Prize in medicine. But what's interesting is there was an article that I read that stated that approximately 16% of Americans will develop arthritis in their lifetime. Now, this is commonly just due to genetics or wear and tear or other injuries. But what they also stated was that 32% of patients that were obese would develop arthritis. Now, that's a double the risk of increased incidence of you developing arthritis in your knee. And you can, in those individuals that are suffering with their weight, if you lose weight, you can take your risk of knee arthritis from approximately 30% down to 16%. So you can really cut your risk of arthritis in half, or at least if you do have early arthritis, slow it down. So easier said than done. And I run into many people that will say, you know, I, I can't exercise because of my knee. So there are lots of things that you can do or try. And It is, for most people, uh, a matter of looking at calories burned and calories consumed. Now, for some people, they do have underlying health issues or metabolic problems, such as issues with their thyroid, which may complicate their ability. So in those individuals, it's going to be much more complicated than a simple calorie in, calorie out sort of expenditure. So you're going to have to work with your nutritionist doctor, metabolic specialist to figure out what other things you need to do. But for most people, what I try to do is start slow. I do not believe in diets. Why? I believe diets are actually a short-term fix. Think about it. I mean, you've talked to or you've done this yourself. I've gone on diet X and I lost weight and then I gained it back. And then I went on diet Y and I lost weight and I gained it back. Why? Because they're short-term fixes. You change what you eat, how you eat, what you do, And then you go back to your old habits, which is what got you in that place in the first place. So the goal now is to try to lose weight slowly, consistently, and make lifelong changes. And this benefits not only your knee. I see a lot of people with very mild arthritis and knee pain, and they'll see their knee pain go away, or people with arthritis and knee pain, and they will see their knee pain diminish, but it may not go away completely. But what's also interesting is that when patients lose weight, they will see improvements in other health conditions such as high blood pressure, diabetes, and sleep apnea. So there's multiple things that you can actually improve with just weight loss alone. Now, it's not easy. So what I have most people do is let's first look at exercise. So if someone can't exercise, say, because of arthritis, 
you need to start a small exercise program. It may be as little as five minutes a day, stationary bike. Pool is a great low-impact exercise way. If the knees are too painful, doing something with your arms and starting those exercises in the morning. I have other episodes which will go more into detail and exercise, but you need to start an exercise program every day, even if it's five minutes, and then try to increase that weekly and make it a lifelong change. But the other big thing that I run into is foods. So there's going to be lots of episodes that really delve into the specifics of foods. Uh, So we're going to go into all those details. But what I want to talk about today mainly are the foods that you know you shouldn't eat. Most people that I meet know that they have a particular vice. So for some patients, it's the amount of food they eat. For some patients, it's sweets. Some patients, it's soda. Some people, it's snacking and carbs. Uh, Everybody has their little thing. And for some people that I meet, they'll say, no, I have two or three of those vices. So you want to take a look first at what you're eating and figure out which of those things you know you're not supposed to eat. And I've only met one person ever that was wealthy enough that unlike all of us, they didn't do their own food shopping and cooking. They had someone that did their shopping and cooking for them. So for all the rest of us out there, if you're going to the supermarket and you know you shouldn't be eating it, don't buy it. Don't bring it into your house. If it's not there, you won't eat it. And if you do consume things, make sure that you use them in moderation. So I always tell people, like if you're gonna have something sweet, like a piece of chocolate, you can get a bag of the single wrap thing. So this way, at the end of the day, you can unwrap that one piece and have that one piece, but you don't wanna eat the whole pint of ice cream or the whole box of cookies. So you don't necessarily have to not treat yourself, but make sure that if you do take something that you know is high in sugar, high in calories, low in nutrition, that you eat just one of those things. So the other thing that you wanna look at Two is portion size and portion control. I have some patients that will bring the food that they prepare because they cook at home and they bring it to the table. And at the table, you're more likely to take a second and a third scoop or helping of whatever food you've made. So try to make and prepare a plate and then put everything else away as leftovers if you've made more than enough for one meal and bring your plate to the table. And something as simple as eating slowly having a glass of water before you start your meal. All of those things will distend your stomach a little sooner and earlier, and it lets your brain know that you're full, that you're comfortable. We have all had those those different feelings of, I've had a good meal and I'm content, or I've eaten too much and I'm too full. And nobody likes to feel that way. And then your body takes those extra calories and stores them as fat. So you want to kind of take a look at those things. Sodas, just eliminate them. You know, I had someone that came in once with the uh, double big gulp underneath their chair, and they said, well, they only have one a day. But yeah, it's a double big gulp. I mean, remember back when sodas didn't have high fructose corn syrup, and they were six or eight ounces. You know, so now you're getting high fructose corn syrup and huge, huge volumes of soda, which is terribly bad for you for multiple reasons. So if you're a soda drinker, just eliminate the soda. Um, And if you're looking at what you're eating and you say, well, you know, I'm, I'm having trouble with my weight. Everything I eat is fine. Hire a nutritionist. Have somebody come in and take a look at the calories that you consume and what type of foods you're eating. Are they high in carbohydrates? Are they high in sugars? Are they high in fat? And try to figure out which options are good for you because there are some good fats. Take some nuts and avocados, for example. Fats are good. You do need fats for certain parts of our body and our metabolism. And the nice thing with food is when you consume something like an avocado, those fats will make you feel fuller sooner. 
more satiated. You know, you eat a bag of potato chips, I'll always tell people it's pretty easy to consume a whole bag of potato chips. Empty carbs, lots of sugar, uh, and then your body breaks it down and you're still hungry, where if you had a bag of nuts, you get more nutrition, there's some good fats in there, it's going to make you feel fuller, you're not going to be able to finish all of them, you're going to be too full, and you're getting better nutrition out of it. So that becomes the big important things. And then you've heard this before too, smaller plates. You know, if you have large 12-inch plates, go to 8-inch plates. If you put less food on the plate, you're less likely to consume more at your meals. And then take a look at, you know, what you're making. If you can substitute, I always tell people, try not to eliminate, but try to substitute. So if there's a particular product that you like, which is not as nutritious for you as some other product, you might try to substitute. One of the great examples of that now is pasta, and pasta in moderation is okay, but go to Europe and the pasta is fresh and it's a small portion. You know, you come to America and it's out of a box and it's a huge portion. So nowadays you can find lots of pasta that are made with lentils and peas and garbanzo beans. So you can actually still have a pasta dish, but you're getting the nutrients from a bean or a legume or some other type of protein that is better for you uh, and also may make you feel fuller sooner than some of the empty carbs that you get from more of the starchier pastas. Now, the other thing that I'm going to leave you with is also the idea of give yourself goals and weight loss should be slow and in moderation. You know, I always tell my patients that that 2552 rule. So when we talk about our BMI, and if you don't know what your BMI is at the end of this podcast, I'd like you to go online and just Google up one of the BMI calculators, you'll input your height and your weight, and it will tell you what your BMI is or body mass index. It's not a perfect tool, but it's a good idea to get in the habit of looking and seeing where you're at. And it'll give you a score of you know what's normal and what's not normal. And you want to see what range you fall in. So we try to get our BMI down to 25 or below, and you can go too low. Um, so there are some people that are too thin and that has its own health issues. But for most people, if your BMI is over 25, we're going to aim for that. So there's 52 weeks in the year. So you try to lose one pound each week for 52 weeks. So if you can imagine losing one pound a week, most people would say, yeah, that's doable. I can do that. But at the end of a year, if you are really struggling with your weight, you've lost 52 pounds. That's a humongous improvement. Everything will feel better. And you'll pat yourself, congratulate yourself on the back, and you will feel so much better not only in your knee but your other health conditions. But it's a slow, steady progress. Somebody that loses you know, 20 pounds in three weeks, most likely they did some diet or some binge or starvation thing, and they're probably going to gain it all back. Now, in that process, what is going to happen is you're going to have a week where you don't lose or you gain a little bit. That's okay. I gained a pound this week. I need to lose two pounds next week. Again, doable. But the other important thing in that weight loss spectrum, though, is something called the plateau. So let's say you're doing great for two or three months and you're consistently losing weight, and then you're eating better, you're exercising, and you've stopped losing weight. That's called the plateau. And what the plateau is, you have become a more efficient machine, that you burn less calories because you're walking around with less weight on your skeleton, just going to the bathroom, going to your car, going food shopping, getting the mail. So if you're carrying less weight, I mean, one silly option would be to get wear a weight vest, so during this entire process that every pound that you lose, you put a pound in the weight vest. I mean, don't do that. It's going to hurt your back. But what you realize is that when you've lost weight, you've become this more efficient machine. 
you're not burning as many calories. So what you need to do is one of two things or preferably a little bit of both is cut back on the calories you're consuming a little bit or modify some of the foods that you're eating and increase your exercise just a little bit. Sometimes it's not only a modification in the time, so if you're walking or using a bike, sometimes it's a matter of doing something different, the idea of cross-training. So if you haven't been able to, now you might introduce a little bit of weights or some elastic bands for resistance training. So you're tweaking the system to turn your body on to burn more calories. So all of that, in a nutshell, I believe is a pretty good overview that if you're struggling with your weight, you are in a large group of people that are just like you. It's a very, very common problem. And the best way to start is to identify what your issues are. So we want to look at the foods that we're eating, the types of foods that we're eating, the kinds of foods we're eating, how we're eating, when we're eating, and how much we're eating, and modify those things. And look at your exercise program and set up a exercise plan that starts extremely small so you don't hurt or injure yourself, but something that you can slowly build on and grow on. And then work on that one pound a week rule. It's a very, very doable goal for many, many people. And at the end of the year, you're going to see a lot of progress. And then once you hit sort of your goal weight, now you've developed this plan of healthier eating, healthy activity, healthy exercise, and then you can maintain that going forward. So I hope some of this information has been helpful for you. Thanks for listening. If you found this information helpful, tell your friends and you can subscribe so you're aware of when next episodes are available. You've been listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. I'm Dr. Adam Rosen. Thanks for listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. If you've not already done so, please subscribe so you'll be notified of future episodes. And if you enjoy what you're hearing, please take the time to leave a review. It helps other people like you find the show. I'm your host, Adam Rosen, and until next time, stay safe.